0: Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us on the Weekly Standard is Bill Crystal's spokesperson and PR expert, uh, John Johnson. Mr. Johnson, how is Bill Crystal doing today?
1: Bill is feeling great. <laughs> the third-party uh, 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 recruitment is just going fantastically. <laughs> you know, it is amazing. That's the story you're referring to, in case people haven't seen it. it is in the Washington Post this morning. I think it had been reported a little before, but that Trump would, in the 80s and 90s, uh, pretend to be his own spokesman and talk about himself to various reporters and place calls, not just take calls, and say he was, what, John Barron or John Miller or something like that, and go on and on about Trump, including about his sexual conquests and so forth, uh, for quite a long time. If you really listen to the tape The Post has on its website, which is about 15 minutes long, it's unbelievable. It's, you just can't believe this guy is now going to be the nominee of one of our two major parties for president of the United States.
0: Well, I have been told by Bill Crystal's spokesperson that Bill Crystal was the most popular kid in high school. Everybody loved him and uh, and so I just want that's what I heard from Bill Crystal's spokesperson. Uh, my favorite part of that story Bill is that uh, someone claiming to be John Barron called a tip an anonymous tip line. To tip them off that Donald Trump had been spotted with various supermodels, model whatever plural is for that, uh, out and about on the town. I mean, it's it's not just the fakery; it's the fakery of the the choice of the topics. In other words, what does it take Donald Trump to feel good about himself that people think he's with supermodels?
1: Right. We have a, a low level. It's kind of low level Hollywood celebrity or B list Hollywood celebrity puffery except that he can't afford or he can't trust to have a PR person at that point or he's probably who would do that I mean even a even a even a PR flack has some respect right and talk about (laughs) sexual conquest of your boss to some New York Post gossip reporter so he had to do it himself and I guess people of course will laugh it off some of them hey that's just how Trump is what a what a successful guy and clever but I mean really the level of both vulgarity, but also, as you say, narcissism and insecurity, and what all that implies about being actually president of the United States. I keep I keep coming back to that. I've done a little TV the last couple of days, and people, do you disagree with Trump on this issue? Uh, you know, what's, what, what can he do to reassure you? At some point, you have to make judgments about people's character uh, and judgment and temperament. Um, and this man is 69 years old, I think, and it's, he's mm-hmm. not going to change. And, you know, he is who he is. It's a free country, and he should be allowed to be Donald Trump but he should not be uh, nominated to be president of the United States. Uh, And
0: yet he is. And I saw you on TV and I heard the tone in your voice as you watched the motor. It was, it was like watching the Pope visit the white house, the media coverage of the (laughs) Ryan Trump summit and seeing, and and I don't think there's any way to to, uh, portray it at this point, Bill. I'd like to know if you agree watching Reince Priebus out, You know, this is our guy. Everybody go. Uh, Sean Spicer, the communications person for the RNC. We're all on board. Uh, uh, Paul Ryan essentially telegraphing that there's an endorsement coming down the road. Uh, Mike Lupica said on MSNBC, everyone stop talking about the Republican Party. This is the Trump Party. It's no longer the GOP. It's now the GOT. I think he's absolutely right.
1: Yeah, I think I said it's it's now Donald Trump's party and everyone is accommodating to him. And it is, look, he's won the nomination, presumably, though we're still a ways from the convention. But, but that doesn't mean people have to get on board. And, and all this talk about unity and unification is slightly creepy almost. These are unification. What does that mean? I mean, you know, it's like the Unification Church, uh, and that's what the Republican Party now is. And again, I, I've known all those people that you mentioned, obviously, more or less well over the years. And uh, what advantage or disadvantage of being in Washington all these years? And they're decent people. And they've sort of, I don't know, they've lost context. They're missing the forest for the trees. And they think, okay, we've got a nominee. We can push him on some issues, surround him with some decent people. And then we've just unity above all. And I really had hoped, Paul Ryan in particular, I don't think he has to attack Trump the way I do. He doesn't have to support an independent candidate the way I'm working to, to find one. But just say, look, I'm Speaker of the House. I think it's terribly important no matter who the president is. To have a Republican majority in the House, that's going to be the entire focus of my political efforts, plus we're passing legislation in the House, budgets, and so forth. And that's what I'm doing for the next six months, and I'm not going to I'm just going to stay out of the presidential race. Would that have been impossible for the Speaker of the House to do? I, I suppose maybe he felt as the Republican Speaker, he just had to get on board, but it, it was depressing to watch.
0: And I think that there's a, a bet being made, and the bet is we're going to bet where we're going to be six months from today. And uh, uh, Sean Spicer and Reince Priebus and uh, Rick Perry, Bobby Chintel, they're all betting that six months from today, if you plight your troth with Donald Trump, you're going to be in better shape than if you don't. And, right. I, I, and I, I see what they're saying, but I look at the other side of that bet and I'm making, I am openly explicitly making the opposite bet I'm betting on six months of stories about Donald Trump pretending to be his own spokesperson. I'm betting on stories about Donald Trump refusing to release his tax returns, even though everybody, Bill, knows that Hillary Clinton either has them right now or Lois Lerner Jr. is in the, you know, IRS prepping them for the Hillary campaign. Everybody knows that the crazy comments that we've seen through the summer are gonna continue through the fall. And I just it's one of those situations where I I see these smart people. I'm just Michael Graham radio guy. I I can't, they've got to be smarter than me, but I can't believe they're willing to make that bet. That bet seems like such a sucker bet.
1: Well, they think it's a safer bet. And here's why they think a, they're struck by the recent polls, showing Trump pretty close to Clinton in some key states and, you know, I tend to think that won't hold up. But you know, Trump is surprised, so maybe he'll be surprisingly good candidate. Maybe he'll be president. Obviously, then they're on board the the next uh, president, the president of the United States, and that's good if you're a politician, presumably. Or he'll lose, and maybe lose badly. But then they're making what I'd call the Goldwater bet, which is you support him nominally, you don't get blamed for his loss, you don't get hated by all of Goldwater supporters, as those who really didn't support Goldwater in '64, Rockefeller and Romney uh you know, work it was held against them and hurt them politically. They're going the let's call it the Richard Nixon route of just kind of nominal support and then they're in good shape four years from now or in, in their Senate races. They don't get primaried by a Trump supporter uh in the House or Senate, etc. I, I I think Trump is different. I mean that's the key calculate Trump isn't just someone who's a little more conservative than you or a little more uh liberal or or sort of different takes on some issues. Uh, Trump is so, I think, radically unqualified that it's more of a Todd Aiken situation, really, as Jonathan last points out in the new issue of the Weekly Standard. And people all wanted to distance themselves from, from Aiken. And somehow Trump, of course, he's won the presidential nomination. It's a little different. Aiken had won the—was a congressman who had, of course, been selected by the voters. But they don't see somehow what the possible—yeah, I agree how much this becomes Trump's party, what that says, what that says— to especially younger voters who don't have a history with the republican party so at least some of us can say well look it's really reagan party whatever you think of the bushes and dole i mean if a party of romney a party of honorable men of some successful governors of some impressive senators uh... the younger senators and congressmen uh, it, 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 if you're really a young voter this this it's trump's party and i really do wonder now more than i did a couple of months ago that there whether they can't be a Total crack up after November, really a new party or a fundamental reshaping of the parties. I would have said three months ago, and I did say three months ago, you know, maybe just Trump just becomes a one off situation. The Republican Party reassembles itself and, and, and chugs along. It does control all these state houses. It controls Congress. It might still control one House of Congress after Trump. But I really do wonder now whether we're, we're, Trump doesn't need a more fundamental reshuffling of the deck after November.
0: And to me, it matters where you are on, you know, in that reshuffling, where, where the decisions you've made. But I one of the things that I've heard from some pretty smart people is it doesn't matter because in the America of 2016 and reality TV and Twitter, the America that Donald Trump understands so well from you know, socially nobody remembers anything and so you'll have die-hard trump supporters who were screaming at you know bill crystal you're a traitor to the cause in october if trump loses 45 states as i predict he will and then we go on they'll be saying trump never heard of the guy and no one will remember and everyone will just go on is that where america is in 2016
1: do you think no, i do crystal? think people think that you know i remember i was in the first bush white house perot ran against bush republicans were very bitter But many people who worked for that Perot campaign, and some were good guys, and they just thought they liked Perot and they respected him. And one forgets Perot was a very respected person before the campaign. It turned out to be flaky. Um, You know, they they had good careers, and they had careers in the Republican Party. Uh, Frank Luntz was the pollster for that campaign, for example. So, you know, maybe they just think this is something, there's no problem, and and they're on the side, actually, of, of course, supporting the official nominee. What I had underestimated, you think in this era where people, presumably parties, Identity is weaker than it used to be. People aren't kind of slavish about their attachment to political parties. Uh, they actually turn out to be very slavish and very, you know, the the whole unity appeal. Just I keep coming back to that. It's a political party. It's not a, I don't know. There are there are situations where one can imagine an appeal to unity should overcome everything else. You know, if you're setting up the state of Israel, uh, Menachem Begin chose not to fight back when, his, when the, when the Atalanta was attacked because he thought, you know, obviously, in this situation, even absorbing an injustice from the other sort of uh, Israeli freedom fighters who, who were bitterly opposed to Begin, uh, you know, is it, better than having a intra-Israeli civil war, intra-Jewish civil war. That's a statesman-like decision. This is the Republican Party. This is Donald Trump. There's no nobility to the cause. If there's no nobility to the cause, why does one sacrifice everything for unity?
0: Which brings us to the final conundrum of this entire race. The same people who said, I'm voting for Donald Trump because I hate the Republican Party. It's the worst, most despicable, awful, feckless party ever in the history of political activity. And now I demand that you sp- <laughs> vote your loyalty to the GOP, GOP uber alles. It's I, I can't keep up,
1: Bill. I give no, up. That is an amazing phenomenon. That's that's a good point. I mean, yeah, these are the people who were the happiest to attack John Boehner, Mitch McConnell, and they were entitled to it. And sometimes I agreed with them actually, and you know, mocked people who just kind of went along with someone because he had been elected leader of the party in the House, or or was an incumbent of one sort or another. And, and now, yeah, now it's it's unity above all.
0: Well, all, all I can say, uh, Bill, is I was speaking to your spokesperson. And he's already trying to delete a copy of of this uh, conversation because he's afraid it'll be used against us in these show trials once uh, Donald Trump is in power. So let's hope he does his best.
1: Right. He'll be a fine spokesperson for me. (laughs) You'll be be hearing from him in about three minutes with a slightly disguised voice.
0: (laughs) You've been listening to the Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check WeeklyStandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.